Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Morning Dump from Herd at Sports with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. We'll transition to this. Mickey Joseph rumors that Arizona State could be a possible landing spot for him. We've seen articles come out about that over the course of yesterday, along with all of the crazy trade deadline news, which we can talk about too. But, Weird how the NFL is kind of transitioning maybe. But look at Mickey Joseph and the position he's in now. How far do you look into this, DB? Do you, are you saying we need to get something signed, dotted, delivered, or are you almost thinking it's a ploy – to maybe force Trev's hands a little bit with Mickey. So, yeah, so he doesn't strike me as the type of person that would um, leverage that deal. And they have a very good working relationship as former teammates, too. So they, they have a little bit of connection. So anything that I think that an outside entity would do that wanted to, you know, maybe, um, you know, court Mickey or want his services, I think, he would be open and honest with those that were involved. Hey, listen, you know what? Such and such is really interested. They'd like to take a look at what we're, what I'm doing, and this is what they're talking to me about. And and I think Trev would be like, oh, okay, hey, cool, right? Because that's really the nature of, of kind of how this business works. At some point, you're going to be a wanted commodity, and I think being open and transparent about it is that's the best way to do business. And And it's – a good, a good take there. I almost think, too, at the same time, Mickey doesn't want to go anywhere. I don't think his wife wants to leave Nebraska anymore, at least on conversations that but, so I put I, it I've to, seen I put, through the I, media. I put it to you like this, and that's my guy, and, and, and getting really a chance to, to know Priscilla. And I kind of liken it to this, and I said this as part of Benning's Bites yesterday, but I'm talking to myself, so I don't have anybody to bounce this idea off of. But I said, you know, and this is – totally without talking to Mickey. So I'm not putting him on the hot seat and saying, hey, I'm just watching and observing. And I likened it to this. It's like you and your fiance. Not yet. Someday. Soon to, soon to be? Maybe. We'll see. Childhood sweetheart, right? <laughs> yeah. Out of this world. Been in love your whole life. Your whole life. You're like, hey, this is my dream girl. Right? And you shoot your shot. Give it all you got. And she's like, how about lunch? Would you go to lunch? Because that's how I look at Mickey with this job. He has put his heart and soul into this head coaching So job. you're saying we're only offering him lunch at this point. So if it were to turn out that it was lunch, hey, how about associate head coach? Uh, it, that's an interesting way to think about it. I would, would not go to lunch. Would would you do it if you love that thing the mo so much? 
Because I will tell you this, and I have this on extremely good authority. They love the city. They love the schools. They love what's going on with the education and the household and, and the kids coming over from Louisiana. Um, they've been well received. So there are a lot of X factors external that are really, really good. But remember, like, let's take a look at the Reformation project that he's undertaking. He, he is literally in the World Series of Poker playing with 9-6 offsuit. It wasn't dealt a great hand, right? Leave it to you to make a poker analogy. Well, because that's what I think he's doing. He's playing cards. He's sizing up his opponents. But he's also letting you know that, listen, this is the hand that I've been dealt, and we're going to play it. We're in the tournament now. I'm not folding. I'm going to play this hand as long and as well as I can play it. And I think it's understated how much he's done for them emotionally and psychologically because he believes. So now you're to the point. If we give Mickey this, 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 and this, could he function as the head coach? And I think that's the reality of it. Whether it's an OCDC, whether it's blowing out the whole admin, whether it's strength and whatever it is that you want to do, if we provide him with this, does he have these certain components that could get it done regardless of win-loss record? Could you sell a guy that could potentially have lost five, six straight games? You are like – the I'm thoughts deep. going through my I, head right now I, I, There's are, a lot. Because I, it I, is. I'm it's, just, it's, like, it's like a deep ocean of thoughts. I'm just telling you, like, that's the reality of what we're dealing with. And I know everybody assumes, well, you get Mickey one way or another. Well, do you? No. Well, no, you don't. W- would, would you go to lunch? I, I told you I wouldn't go to lunch, especially now that I got a taste of what it is. Yeah. Like, I got a taste of steak, mm-hmm. right? That, that you get your meal, right? That's what you're it going for. It would truly you're- depend on if he wasn't the head coach, who the head coach would be. Mm-hmm. It is not a slam dunk. No. Because how many of us would go to lunch? It's easy to say that it's a non-negotiable that if you don't go the route of Mickey Joseph, that you have to retain him in some way, shape, or form. But Mickey Joseph's his, his own guy, and he and he is be, there anything more proven than that? He is his own guy. He's his own guy. <laughs> there's there's a way that he's learned to do it, and he's going to do it that way. Yeah, and at some point he's going to want he's going to want to reach the utmost respect of being a head coach. Yeah. Like, that's what you strive for. You don't, you, don't, you don't enter this lifestyle and not have an aspiration of being a head coach someday at a big Power 5 program. Now, 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 having said that, there's only a handful of things that I would be on the lookout for. Number one, wherever Ed Ogeron ends up. If Ed Ogeron were to end up a head coach, let's say hypothetically. Now, I don't think... Depends on what happens with Kiffin and Hugh Freeze. And Hugh Freeze just signed the extension, and we'll got to dig into the numbers of that buyout for Freeze because Liberty, he may like Liberty. Liberty may be the perfect place for him. Uh, and he's been in that fishbowl of being micromanaged by Board of Regents and donors, and you're going to get a ton of that at Auburn, and maybe Freeze is like, no way. Kiffin, much in the same way, has spent time at Tennessee. Now, a much younger, 
an experienced Lane Kiffin at Tennessee, but a similar place where that fan base have has visions of a certain period of time of football. Right? I mean, this is what we're capable of. Philip Fulmer, you know, Knox, you know, going back to majors. Uh, would he? Would Kiffin want that? So let's say Ed Ogeron wound up at Auburn. That would be a problem, I think, for Nebraska if he were to not get the head coaching job. But it would take something like that. So there's well, and there's, there's all sorts of X. There's a ton of competition too, just in general. Now, if you look away from Mickey Joseph at what Trev Alberts needs to do, because I talked about this a little bit yesterday on the morning dump, um, which I don't know if you if you ended up catching, but there's. A lot more competition now in the national coaching search with Auburn being on the table as a landing spot for coaches. So you may not get the biggest if, – if you're going to go the route of the natu- national coaching search, and I, I gave the hypo- hypothetical, say Lance Leipold is the guy at the end of the season that everybody wants, no matter what. Well, does he choose Auburn, which has had recent success and has everybody. just as strong – of a presence in the world of college football, plus they're an SEC school, or do you choose Nebraska, which hasn't had a lot of success since the 2009 to 2012 when Bo Pelini made a couple of bowl games, didn't win a national championship, though, since the 90s, but you have a lot of booster support, and you have a lot of love and fan support no matter how the team is playing. Call me crazy, but you know what? I, I don't think coaches look at it like media and fans. I don't think they look at it as comparisons across the landscape of college athletics. I think they look at it as a particular fit for me and my family. I really do. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't think people look at Auburn and compare it to Nebraska. I don't think they look at Wisconsin and compare it to Nebraska linearly. They talk about the fit that it is for them the administration, how it fits my personality, who's my boss, what's the schooling system like, what are the academic requirements. What it's easy for people like us to do is to compare them topically. Oh, man, is Auburn a better job than Nebraska? Well, who am I working with, right? Like, have you ever been to a restaurant? I'm I'm sure this has happened to a lot of people where you get accustomed to eating at a certain place because they have a certain chef. That particular person goes someplace else, the food tastes different. Oh, that family doesn't run that business anymore. Now, the business name is still the same, but it's, it's, it's different, right? So, I mean, it's like people tell me this all the time. Severe used to tell me this. The Popeyes in Louisiana isn't like the Popeyes in Nebraska. Still Popeyes, but it's different because of the uniqueness to the area. Mm-hmm. So, I think... Sometimes you can get in that kind of minutia. It's a good way to look at it. Right? Sometimes you can get in that minutia. Like, if I, listen, if I have, if I have young kids, if I have kids in middle school, in elementary, Lincoln may carry a lot more weight than maybe, let's say, Montgomery or Auburn or Birmingham or, or wherever else, right? Or, you know, cost of living. There's lots of things that factor in. Depending on Lane Kiffin and Ed Ogeron could look at a job vastly different than, let's say, Mickey Joseph. So I, I don't think they just look at those schools linearly. Do you think coaches, though, look at how after a, a guy that had 
numerous winning seasons gets pushed out of a school because he doesn't fit the persona that the school wants him to fit. Brian Arson? <laughs> well, that, that one, but um, I'm talking Bo Pelini too. Okay. Um, do you think coaches look deep into that stuff? So that's a great question because I think what we heard national people say and it was driving me crazy. Well, nine wins wasn't good enough for this, and so then they did this, and now look where they are. Well, and listen, I'm a bow guy. For all intents and purposes, you could call me a bow guy, right? We had a great relationship. Right could, I like wins. We could talk I'm a, a bow guy. But listen, I do understand the pushback philosophically on did he represent what we wanted uh, how was the working relationship? Because I get all that. I know some of the strained relationships. I know what it was like to not be able to knock on the door and get administration or to have to jump through 55,000 hoops, you know, for budget expenditures. Would he have been different under different leadership? I mean, maybe, right? But I do understand, on the other hand, listen, we're trending because at that time hindsight is a beautiful thing everybody will take the 9.1 wins a season and know that you were going to lose the same three games every year two to the certain opponent and one that you shouldn't everybody would take that in 2022 everybody there were a lot of people that weren't happy with that in 2015 and don't let them fool you because what happened when those records came out or the schedule came out, they'd say, well, Coach Pelini's going to win this one, this one, this one, this one. He's not going to play well against them. They're going to do this. All right, so just pencil us in for eight and four, nine and three. And don't let people tell you that they act like that was good enough then because it wasn't. They're, well, they're, they're being a little disingenuous. I think you can make an easy comparison. Now, generally speaking, it's when, not everybody. When you're talking about teams that you already know that, okay, that's probably going to be a loss, uh, you're eventually going to get over the hump, though, when you're winning nine games. Like, you're going to build a team, a better team, year thought. after year after that's year after thought. year. Well, you will. Like, I mean, that's just – I mean – Look what Jim Harbaugh did against Ohio State now, in how, recent years. I well, mean, listen, you're, you know when you're going to lose that so, game so to Ohio State. So how many Michigans and Clemsons are there out there? And there's where, not a lot. But, so, but, but my point is where you reach this critical juncture – but people probably thought about that about Nebraska Where in the Dabo 90s. Where Dabo Sweeney's going to stay or go, he stays, you roll the dice, it, it turns out to be successful for Clemson. Harbaugh was under fire. Now, people close mm -hmm. to Ann Arbor. And they, he was. I'm not that, arguing that, that know, one bit. They're like, Jim's not going anywhere until we, he wants to go somewhere. So, but it wasn't like that for the fan base. Harbaugh. Harbaugh, Don Brown, they, they got to go, and mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. You wait another 20 months, and it's like Jim's got him on the verge of winning another so why, championship. Why not wait on Bo? I know Bo may not have been, you know, the well, guy I can't, that I don't want to bring home. That just because there was so much that went into that with Sean Eichhorst and that relationship with his administration. It was just toxic, and it was unhealthy, right? I mean – you're not wrong. It was, listen, like I would have to wait like three or four weeks to get an answer from his boss because of the chain of command he had to go through to get a simple answer. If I'm the head football coach, I should be able to knock on my athletic director's door. He wasn't able to do that. So the byproduct we saw from whatever it was that 
that that Coach, you know, Pelini would exude. I couldn't always condone, but I certainly, 1,000% of the time, understood, right? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And sometimes he just would. So, I mean, I get it. Ultimately, you just need a guy that wins. Yeah. Well, I, I know you're going to want to find the perfect person at the same time, but this is, this is now a point to where you have to start winning football games. And it's going to take time to rebuild the offense and rebuild the defense and retool some things to make uh, Nebraska get back to their old winning ways. It's going to take time to refilter some things out. And, and that starts with coaching, too. Like there, I guarantee that we'll see coaching moves in the offseason uh, in order to find the fit for everybody. And whether that – it could start from the head coaching on down. There, there will be movement still. But then it goes into recruiting, and now you got to wait a little bit to give some of those recruits some time to make a name for themselves. And that's when, going back just a week, we talked about when we see Nebraska making a, their way into the extended college football playoff. Well, and it's going so to take time to do It is because I that. think you have to flip the roster. And I know Nebraska fans cringe. I'm just telling you. You have two guys on defense that I think could start for almost any other Big Ten team in the country. That's a problem. That's a problem. You need at least 11 guys. Well, I would say when you're not winning, it's tougher. Because, like, if I'm a four-win Big Ten team, right, not everybody's taking my talent. But, I mean, it has to be more than Reimers and Newsom defensively. And right now it's Reimers and Newsom. And people will debate me on Reimers, right? But Reimers will be a guy that will get into an NFL camp and he's going to make a team. So, And I stand by that. He's a guy that will – try to involve himself in every play. He Listen, will he will have he's a, the he's, most tackles he's, he's, on the field. He's, he's a good athlete. He's a better than average athlete. He's um, highly instinctual. He's tough. He reminds me a lot of a guy that I went to college with. His name's Connor Harris, and he ended up getting signed by the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. Now, he doesn't have his size, but he reminds me a little bit of how we used to look at a guy by the name of Stu Bradley. And Stu Bradley ended up playing with the Philadelphia Eagles for a long time. Fantastic career. Pretty underappreciated. But my point is, I mean, we can debate the, the Luke Reimers thing, but uh, you need more than two. And offensively, outside of Trey Palmer and maybe Anthony Grant, and we still got to get Anthony Grant doing the little things, who on that starting offense are you looking at right now? And you're like, yep, you know what, that's a next-level guy. That's what I'm talking about. So the roster, and this is the first year that I've ever even entertained the talent discussion. Because I, I didn't think the previous years were about talent. But now that I'm starting to see some better than average coaching, it's like, because they, they are well prepared. I still think Gabe needs more time. I know he's dealing with that turf toe injury. But Urban? Urban? Yeah. Oh, I like Gabe. I, but I think, I, like Gabe. I think he would be another guy that I would – I would toss around that if you put him on another Big Ten team healthy, that he could be, he could be the one too. Like he could probably be the two on I would, a team. I wouldn't discount that. I mean, they've got some good young talent. Fedoni's a good player. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, I really like AJ Allen, uh, but those guys aren't playing. You know, so it's. It's interesting. And before AJ Allen went down with injury, he looked like Nebraska's best runner. 
Yeah, well, don't tell that to the people the first three games of the season because I think they felt like I was being exceptionally hard on Anthony Grant. I'm just like, no. I Just some of the things that Anthony Grant was doing early in the season aren't going to be portable against better defensive teams. And we're seeing that it's not. We're seeing that it's not. I know we kind of fell down the rabbit hole here, but uh, as, as we kind of just, just bring it back um, full circle, Minnesota this week, if you could say one thing has to go right in order to win, what is that? Saturday? Saturday. Uh, yeah. So this is crazy because it's like, up oh, water's wet. But just imagine for as putrid as Nebraska's offense was against Illinois in the second half, if they'd have won the turnover battle. Nebraska has to play a game in which they go plus one or plus two in takeaways and then see what happens. So you're not guaranteeing a win by winning the turnover battle, but it gives you the best chance to win. What were they, minus three Saturday? Uh, yeah, Saturday, last Saturday. Minus three, I think it was 4-1. And you found a way to hang around. Just imagine being on the plus side of Imagine that. being even in that game. If you're even, they could probably be leaving. Right? Like, I'm with you. So, they have to win the turnover battle. I think and you see a kick return or a punt return by Nebraska, see, and I they win that, the football game. I thought game. that was going to happen. Dude, how is it 16? That's too many. <laughs> Listen, Homer Network or not, 16 is too many for Minnesota to be favored by. That's... Ridiculous. Well, it's kind of laughable when you look at some of the games Minnesota's played this year. And I know that when they run the ball effectively, they score a ton of oh, Abraham's points. Abraham's a dude. They score a ton of points. And he's better than Chase Brown, in my opinion. Uh, I could, or, they're pretty level. Certainly more upside. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't have to agree with me, but... <sighs> It's so hard. I'm such a Dude, I'm Chase, such a big stat guy, and and, and Chase Brown like, ah oh man, it's hard. It's hard for me to make that that claim. It's all right. I like Ibrahim a lot. You come around, uh, maybe. Ibrahim, I mean, he loaded this year, and if he would have had a healthy year so far, maybe statistically they would be matched up pretty similarly. You'll come around. Come around on the dark side. <laughs> The, dark, the, the darker side. <laughs> the, the coffee coffee side, and cream. The coffee side. <laughs> that is not the direction I was going, DB. Well, you just intimated it. That is not the direction. We'll be back tomorrow with more uh, on what to look forward to when it comes to this Minnesota matchup this weekend. I think it's probably... Next to Iowa, well, no, actually, I wouldn't even say that. I would say it's probably Nebraska's best chance to win is, is this week I'm, against Minnesota. I'm in absolute, complete agreement, which is scary. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. So uh, we'll get more into that tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more, of course, about uh, the national coaching search and the direction Nebraska is going, if they're going to stick with the guy that's at the helm right now, or if there's any movement, we'll keep you updated on those, on those tips and tricks as we move forward down the list. Now, of course, get on with your day, as I like to tell you to do. Always wipe first, though, because it is the morning dump. you got to wipe off. Wipe the slate clean. Wipe it clean, and uh, do it again tomorrow with us right here on Herd at Sports.